So this week and for the next session, which will be a video session uh, next week, we are doing a kind of two-parter, and I'm calling it Prayer for 2023. So uh, just thinking about the year ahead, what kind of year ahead we want. And I kind of felt there's this prayer that Paul prays to the believers in Rome. He prays over them. Uh, is something that would be really good for us to take on for ourselves as well. And it's from Romans 15, verses 13, and he says this, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I think passages like this, it's really easy to kind of skim read them. You know, it's like, yeah, he prays that something nice will happen. And then you can kind of go to the other extreme, I think, sometimes and get into really detailed semiotics about why that word is, you know, what it means very specifically and all that. I kind of want to do a middle ground of where we're just going to take this verse seriously and not just skim over it and think, oh, it's just, you know, a bit of nice flannel. Uh, but this week and next week, I want to think about these two ingredients, joy and peace. So this week we're going to think about joy, next week we're going to think about peace. And this idea that God's intention for us, always, but thinking about this year, is for our lived experience to be full of joy and full of peace. And it's a lived experience that's being offered to us by God, the creator of the universe, who has the power to do this. And all it requires of us is to trust in him and when that happens, it, it not only changes us, but it overflows and changes the world, the people, the situations around us. And so I think what I, I want to get across is the idea we're here a new year. You know, it's all artificial, this timing thing. But we're on a new year. And the idea that we don't do 2023 on cruise control. You know, it's so easy to live life on cruise control of where you are just taking life as it comes. You are doing, going through the motions, doing the normal things. And then you go and you're like, oh, that was a year that just happened. You know, and I think especially since COVID, we've got into that just like, I just need to get through, survive. And then maybe there is a missing ingredient of us being intentional about what is the life that we want to live? What is the life that God has us for us, and what are we going to do about it, instead of just going through the motions. And the good news about this is it comes from God. God wants to do it. It says, because we trust in him. So I don't know if anyone's done New Year resolutions, but New Year's resolutions, it's all about us, isn't it? It's about our willpower. It's about turning over that new leaf, pulling up the so our socks. You know, whatever it is, it's all about our own striving and effort, and very often they fail. Has anyone, what are we, the eighth, has anyone already failed on a New Year's resolution? I am, I, I've not eaten as healthily as I intended already. So, um, so, you know, this isn't about just, I want, let's try really hard this year and see if we can power through to do something else. This is a different thing. It's about can we learn to trust in God slightly more so that he can be at work in our lives through his power. And so I think this is not about uh, our effort. It's about our posture. 
And so I, this, this session and then the next one, the video one, I'm going to just think about how do we make our posture into a place where uh, we, c- we are more open to receive from God. The difference between being open-handed to receive what God has for us and grasping onto the things that we are trying to do is between having our attention distracted by all the things around us and instead being open and alert to what God is doing. And it says here, Paul says, I pray that God, the source of hope. So even right at the start of this, we have this, it's kind of like the image of the plug socket. You know, what are you plugged into? If you want to receive hope, if you want to receive electricity, you need to plug into an electric socket. You know, there's no point just, I don't know what else you could plug a plug into. But, you know, if you want electricity, you need to go into the electric plug. If you want hope, you need to be plugged into God. Do we find, is our hope for joy and peace from God or do we have it plugged into something else? And the word hope in the Bible is used differently than we might use hope in our common usage. So often when we say, I hope, you know, I hope that Spurs win the FA Cup. (laughs) It's it's grounded in what we are basically saying is of all the possible outcomes, this would be my preferred outcome. You know, and it might not even be likely. We might not even believe it's possible. I don't believe it's possible. But we would say, you know, this would be my preferred outcome. And so when we use hope in our common usage, we we have a hope about something. My hope is about the results of this football match. But hope in the Bible is hope in someone. It's our hope in God. So I think a a good way that has helped me understand this is thinking about you're on your first day of your summer holiday. You know, you've been been looking forward to it. You've been saving up. You're going. It's everything. You're so happy that you're away. First morning, you wake up. You open the curtains, and it's tipping down with rain. And you might think, I hope it's not going to rain for my whole holiday. Now, if you've gone on holiday to the Lake District, your hope is about something. Your hope is about the outcome of the weather. You know, I hope, you know, I don't know whether it's going to happen, but my preferred outcome would be that we don't have rain every day. But if you've gone on holiday to southern Spain, your hope is in the climate of Spain. You know, it's unlikely, extremely unlikely, you're going to have two weeks of rain in southern Spain. So, you know, you're much this about confident expectation instead of a preferred outcome. And so more than the climate of southern Spain, God's goodness, his faithfulness and his power is even more predictable, constant and faithful than the climate anywhere. So when we're talking about God as the source of our hope, it's based in him, his character, his power. And it's this virtuous cycle that we start to experience in our lives. This is how we grow. Is we di- the more we discover that God is good and faithful and on our side and for us and aware of us and with us, that the easier it is then to continue to trust in him. See, the challenge for, for this week and next week, it's how are we going to, how is our posture going to help us plug into God as the source? And this will be different for each of us. This isn't, it's not something you can say. I'm so wary of churches, or, you know, we've done this past, but of the kind of Christian message sometimes is what you have to do is pray more or read your Bible more. Now, those are two very good things, 
But often they descend down to, can you tick these boxes? You know, or you have to turn up to certain things. And that's not how we do relationships. We're not earning anything back from God. Now, it might be to find a new rhythm of prayer. It might be to find a rhythm of reading your Bible. It might be to turn up somewhere. But we have to discover what that is. And we don't even have to make it up. We discover by finding what God is asking us to do. And for us at Exeter Vineyard, I feel that we've been on this movement from a mindset where church is about provision to where church is about facilitation. So, you know, provision would always be like that somehow what I'm doing now has to give you everything you need so that you can go and be good Christians, you know. And then we have to provide activities and resources and programs and ministries and all that to give you what you need. And I don't actually think that's the way church was meant to go I, I want us to move away from thinking of church as an organized event to church as this network of God empowered and God centered relationships that we have so we have them here but we also have them when we meet as hubs you know over food or when we meet in discipleship groups or when we bump into someone on the street or when we send somebody a whatsapp message these this is us understanding that God is with us through our relationships so it's a little bit like you know that saying, give a man a fish and he'll eat for a day, teach him how to fish and he'll eat forever. Has anyone got the Arrested Development song going on in their head now? No, okay. So I think this idea is we want to help us become a church where we learn how to fish or we learn how to discover God so that I, I don't feel, but I'm not responsible for your spiritual health. We're each responsible for our own. So we learn how to do that together. We are helped and encouraged through community, through teaching, through examples, through stories, through people coming alongside us for prayer to do those things. And my experience sometimes of church is it can do the opposite. I was in church for a long time where it felt like the people up the front knew how to do it and I didn't. And they were kind of put on this pedestal and they would talk about things and it was all mysterious. I didn't understand. And so... We want to demystify and make ordinary and just discover God in our everyday. So this week, next week, when we're talking about joy and peace, we basically have to ask ourselves the question, or we ask God the question for ourselves, what is it you want me to do? How do I plug into that? So today we're going to think about joy specifically. And the Bible has a really surprising perspective on joy. So here's a verse from James. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Doesn't sound, that's not what I would think of as joy. Uh, Or this one about Jesus. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he's seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. So in both these verses, and actually in lots of places in the Bible, joy and suffering are put side by side. Whereas I think we tend to think of joy coming from comfort. You need to be in a place of comfort to experience joy. And so we pursue comfort. And it gets us back to what is our source of hope? Is our source of hope God? Or is it things that we think will make our life more comfortable? Are we looking for joy? Are we looking for peace from success or money, achievement, relationships, our health, our beauty? Whatever it is that we think is important and will get us joy. And this is so, you know, I know it's the thing, you know, people say, oh, money can't buy you happiness. And we all think, yeah, I'm sure that's true. But I would just like to try it out. 
Because maybe it's true, but maybe I would discover actually I would be really happy. So we, we hear these stories and we think, yeah, I know it's become a truism, but I'm not sure I really believe it. But we've got to learn that all these things that we think will bring us joy and peace are nothing compared to the joy and peace that God will give us. And all those things are hopes about something. I hope that my money will bring me joy. It is a hope about money. We can't control money. We are not able to know the future or anything like that. But when we hope in God for joy, it's our hope in him as joy personified, as the source and uh, the definition of joy. So what does it mean to find joy alongside discomfort instead of pursuing comfort in the hope that it might give us some joy to find God's joy alongside discomfort? And something I think is really challenging, especially if you've been around church for a while like I have, is, how, is a question of like how much have we domesticated our faith? How much have we tamed Jesus? How much have we got God in a nice little box, you know, that we are comfortable and secure with. And could we, in 2023, instead of saying, well, I've got God all wrapped up and I understand and it's all measured out and everything, could we say, I want to discover the real God that won't fit into a box? Are we willing to let our faith, instead of being comfy and commonplace, to become uncomfortable and risky and exciting and adventurous. And I think that is an invitation to discomfort, to not be in a place of safety and comfort, but instead of getting into a place of risk. Currently, I'm reading through the Proverbs, and uh, which I'm finding really tedious, if I'm honest. But I just like, I'm up to the 20th chapter. There's only 10 more to go. So, uh, but in, some of them are interesting. So this was Proverbs 20, verse 4. It says, those too lazy, sorry, those too lazy to plough in the right season will have no food at the harvest. This idea is that there's some work to be done ahead of time, some discomfort, some suffering ahead of time, getting out and ploughing the fields when it's cold and maybe raining or whatever, so that in the future you will get that harvest. You probably know about those sociological experiments about delayed gratification where they give a child a sweet and they say, if you, I'm going to leave the room and I'm not coming back for 10 minutes. And if you, can, if, if you don't eat the sweet, you can eat it now if you want, but if the sweet's still here when I come back, I'll give you two sweets. And they've run these trials on kids and then followed them for 20 years of their life. And the, the ability of, of kids to delay gratification, to go through uh, immediate discomfort for a potential benefit in the future, is a great indicator of how good their life turns out to be. I mean, it's kind of crazy. Um, so that's why this, for example, this Christmas, we didn't give anyone Christmas presents. We said, we'll give you double next year. And so we just want to help them out like that. No. Um, so all these things about the intentional choice that we do now to bring a harvest of joy down the road. And I guess I want at the start of the year to talk about the way we have uh, organized Exeter Vineyard is because we believe that this is a better way for us to connect with God. And so as you 
ask God, what is it you would have me to do to plug into you as the source? One of the things that you can think about is your engagement with what we uh, feel is a good rhythm for us at Exeter Vineyard. We aren't trying to get people to slot into a program, but we have done these things because we feel that they facilitate a better journey of discipleship. So maybe you haven't got involved in a hub. The hubs are communities of people that meet over food, that have an opportunity to build relationships, to have God at the center of that, to have people around them that are praying and supporting and having the opportunity to pray and support others, to talk about not just hear an idea about God, but to talk about how it fits into their own life and, uh, and what they're doing about it and what it means to them, all those things. So maybe you're not involved in a hub. Maybe 2023, get involved in them, in one of them. You know, they meet two, between two and four times a month. It's all very easy. It's all very relaxed. So you could maybe do that. Or the other thing we're doing is these discipleship groups. I think these kind of church in three environments, the Sunday service, what we're doing now, hub, this group of like, you know, like I guess 10 to 20 people, and then discipleship groups, three, four, five people meet to ask God, what is it you're saying to me right now? As I read the Bible, what is it you're prompting me about? What is the nudge you're giving me? And then telling other people, this in the next couple of weeks, this is what I'm going to do about it. I honestly think it has the potential to be one of the most powerful things in our lives. And it undomesticates God a little bit for us. Because instead of just thinking, I know it all, we're saying to God, what is it that you want to do? And we're telling someone, and then we know that they're going to ask us, you know, two weeks later, how did you get on? And I love it because it takes God out of the religious as well. You know, I'm sure he is interested in our religious lives, but he's also interested in our lives with our friends, our neighbours, what we're doing at work, our own well-being. And it's opening up God's opportunity to talk to us about all those areas of our lives. So this moves us out of plugging into God of just the idea of turning up somewhere, sitting and listening into an engagement with other people and with God, which I think is really good for us. So I want to, us to think about what is autopilot for us? What is cruise control? What is just going through the motions? What is living by default? And how can we open ourselves up to God to move out of that and to live 2023 more intentionally? I think there's a real joy that comes from us seeing God at work in our own lives. And we won't get to see it if we have God domesticated in a box. To see God at work in our own lives. I was talking to someone just this week, and they were talking about someone at Vineyard, and I went, this is hard. it's always hard, this, because there are some really good stories, but it's really hard to use people's names, because it kind of sounds like they're showing off. So, I don't know, I need to work out how we do this better, because I think these stories are really exciting. But someone was telling me, they'd sp- they grew up in a church family and spent like 20 plus years just turning up at Christmas and Easter. That was what they did. And then when they started to have a family, excuse me, they got involved in a church and they went along every Sunday. But really for them, it was a box ticking exercise. You know, like this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what I've been told. Just turn up, be in the room. That's enough. And they were happy their children were going, taken into a different room for something different to happen to the children. And just, you know, this, this kind of like little 
tax on their lives of, of a morning a week, you know, was what they're doing. And then since they've been, they've been coming to Vineyard for a while and they were saying, that they were talking about the journey we've been on as a church and this gradual transformation of re-understanding who God is and his involvement in our lives. And so this person who kind of was just box ticking has been on this journey of discovering that God is bigger than that, that God is more involved and discovering a real security in themselves of allowing God to be part of their lives. So he was just saying a couple of things he just, you know, 10 years ago couldn't imagine doing. One of them was in a pub and uh, praying for a woman who just, you know, wasn't a church guy, but just talked about the situation and just to say, and talk a little bit about his faith and then say, well, can I pray for you then? He also do uh, at Christmas, they have a Christmas party, he's been doing it for years, and recently has started to talk a little bit about, they would do like a little toast at the start, talk a bit about his faith in that toast. Just this growth that's going on, and the joy that it brings, because he, he's seeing himself no longer as living his life on cruise control, heading towards the, the inevitable end of the life of just going on cruise control, but feeling like I am in partnership with God and he is enlarging, changing and growing my life as I go through it, that I am on an adventure with him, not just going through the motions until it all stops. And so that's what I would love us to be thinking about in 2023. How could we at the end of 2023 think, I have been on a journey this year, I have been on an adventure, I haven't just maintained what I have and grasped tightly onto this or that that I think is important but have I opened my hands up and said God what would you have for me and this is the good news this is what the gospel is this because of the joy awaiting him Jesus endured the cross and disregarded its shame Jesus took his place he he, Jesus went to the cross in our place he took the the shame the anti-joy on himself so that we are able to receive the joy that the Father has for us. So I want to finish with two questions that we can just reflect on now. And this is a little bit like we would do do in a discipleship group, I think, to reflect on something and to feel, oh, this is, I've kind of, this has kind of caught my attention. This is what I've ended up thinking about. This is the sensation I feel, the conviction I feel in my gut. And normally in a discipleship group, it's great because then you tell someone and you might have a chat about it, but you know in two weeks they're going to ask you, how are you getting on? Such a powerful motivator to turn our good intentions into actual actions. But today I just want us to feel, what is, is there a nudge that God's giving us? Is there something? And then it's more powerful if you tell somebody about it. But I want two questions. The first one, how is God offering us joy right now? And can we open our grasping hands to receive it? So one thing I'd love us to do as homework this week is uh, think, what can we do that would intentionally bring us joy? And the beautiful thing about this is it's just about joy. All joy comes from God. So you don't have to think, what religious thing can I do that brings me joy? Just what brings you joy? 
might be going out for a walk, it might be painting or drawing or writing, it might be reading, it might be visiting someone that brings you joy, it might be watching something that brings you joy, it might be running a bubble bath and lighting candles, all these things. But we can enter into that experience with thankfulness that God has created that experience and God is present with us. It helps us challenge the internal narrative we sometimes have that God, God is joyless and stern and religious. And instead we can just discover how to have fun in his presence. So that's one thing to think about. Is there something you just think, this week, I could do that. I could just, I would enjoy doing that. And I could do that and be thankful for it. And then secondly, the question to ask is, how can we intentionally plug into God, the source what is it about our lives that we might change? What is a step we might take? It might be a very simple step. But what is Jesus? What is the step that Jesus is asking us to take? Mm-hmm.